Thank you. Amen. Am I on? That sounds good. Well, it's wonderful being with you. I've uh, been really looking forward to this, so thank you for the invitation. And uh, love and greetings from New Life Church. And uh, I do feel very high up here. It's great. It's, uh, I feel above contradiction. It's, uh, it's uh, very special. I'm not really. I know I'm not. I'm sure I will learn to eat those words, I'm sure, for the days out. But um, getting into my, my subject, uh, I, I've made it a habit very latterly to go away in January just to a, a remote place where there's sort of um, no people um, and, and just to, to seek God. It sounds very spiritual, but if you're like me, you need a lot, lot more help than the average person uh, to, to do the will of God. So I go away and I pray in January um, for some weeks, and, and uh, that, that's a fabulous thing. Um, well, I did it this last January, and <clears throat> I thought to share with you in it, in it, one of the encounters I had, because you, obviously you go away to hear from God and, and to get what his agenda is, what, 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 what angle, what's God got for the year, what is it he wants to impress upon me. And <clears throat> one of the ways I find it useful to pray is to go for a walk in the countryside, because I don't know if you're like me, but if I sit and shut my eyes, guess what happens? And... and even I find it hard to go to sleep when I'm walking. It's not impossible, it's not unknown, but when I go for a walk, I, I pray, and you're in God's nature, you're away from brick and all the things that speak of us. You're just with all the things, God's handiwork, and it's, you know, come on, it's good, eh? And uh, um, I, I have to go through this field to get onto the track. It's out there in Wales, and, and uh, there's this field of sheep, um, and on this particular morning, I my boots on and, and go through the mud, and there was a sheep that was absolutely caught in, in a, a mound of uh, thistles. You know, it was a great big bush of thistles, really vicious big thistles. And it was so, it's long, I always call it fur, and I get it, it's not fur, is it? It's wool. It's not its fur, it's, it's let's say together, wool on this sheep. It was totally caught up in this brand. And so it wound itself down till it was caught on the ground and couldn't move. It was, it was just tied up like a, tight as a drum. And, uh, and of course, down the field, there was another sheep which had been a big hole bitten in it. And there wasn't anything inside. It was like a hot water bottle cover. You know, some fox had got there. And I thought, I can't leave this, this poor sheep like that. It's an open target. Um, and uh, so I spent some time trying to, Prize off, and it was harder than you might imagine, trying to prise off these, these vicious thistles out of its wool. Because uh, when I shared this back home, I, I kept saying fur. Uh, and uh, I'm trying not to. And, and uh, you know, I didn't have appropriate gloves on. And I was, my hands were getting prickled, and, and uh, it was really tough. I had my walking stick. I was using that to leap. Eventually, I managed to snap, tear, break. So the thing, actually, I couldn't get all out of its wool, uh, but it finally got free and, and it scampered off Happy Larry. So, praise the Lord. And uh, the next day I came back, because I, I would go on this route each day, and uh, I came back, went through the gates, and what happens is all the sheep who are minding their own business grazing, do sheep graze? Yeah. And they, they just scarper. They all go to the other end of the field, except for one sheep. Just, just a, a few hands breadths away from me, there was one sheep that held its ground. And, and guess what? Its wool was 
still caught with all the, the thistles. And it stood there, and I, you know, you can believe me or not, but I will enact it for you in a moment, a dramatic presentation. It, it, it nodded at me. <laughs> honestly, honestly. And I thought, well, the Dr. Doolittle in me thought, what do I do here? So, so I nodded back. <laughs> and, 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 and it nodded again. And I, th- I thought, well, I, I, I can't stay here all day. You know, I, but it, was, it, was, uh, it was a God thing for me, because I, I believe it uh, wasn't quite a Balaam's ass moment, but it was my equivalent. And I felt, you know, in it to, to be to the point, just God was saying, you know, very simply to me by the Holy Spirit that that's, that's, that's going to be his agenda. Um, it's nothing new, but it might be something new for me, as it were. And, and that, that, that the lost sheep, the sheep of the court, you know you've got lost sheep in God's house and you've got lost sheep outside God's house, yeah? I can get lost. I was with a lady just uh, a very short time ago, this week, um, just gone, and, and she was crying and crying and crying, lovely, attracted, gifted woman, just crying and crying. She just kept saying, I'm so lost. I'm so lost. Um, and, you know, she's, she's caught by alcohol, and, and when she told me her story, I thought, well, who wouldn't be? You know, who wouldn't be? And... Uh, you know, how, how, you know I, when I'm in those situations, I just think back to that sheep and what God said to me. Because God, God loves the broken. He, he loves people. He even loves you. So what, what do you give people like that? What, what is the answer? Clever counseling tricks, the latest charismatic fad? What do you do? It's, it's a very plain, it's very simple. It's the wonderful gospel. And I shared the gospel of God's love. It was just lovely. Better tell this woman. Do you know how God sees you through through Christ? Do you know how God sees you? And and uh, we ended our exchange with a hanging on to me and hugging. You know this. It's just the love of God. We've been singing about it. We've been exhorted about it. Our gospel is everything. It is everything. And God loves people. So that's the sort of thread. So if, if uh, I've got to keep an eye on that clock. But there's a scripture in Zephaniah which sums up what I want to sort of say to you, from one angle at least. Zephaniah three fourteen to 17. I won't wait for you to find it because it's one of those I have to keep thumbing through to find. So, so I'll just go for it, okay? Zephaniah 3 from verse 14 to 17. The, the prophet, said, speaking God's word, says, Sing aloud, O daughter Zion. God is not nervous. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion. Shout, O Israel. You get the flavor. Rejoice and exult. What's the last time you or I exalted? It's a strong word, isn't it? You know, to exult. Uh, Even that's a bit feeble, isn't it? Um, But I am English, so that's probably quite as good as it's going to get. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord, listen to this has taken away the judgments against you. Yes, thank you. That's not bad, actually. Um, When did that happen? On the cross, someone says. Anyone agree with that? Yes. That wasn't a trick question, was it? It wasn't a hard one either. Your Lord has taken away the judgments against you. 
You're feeling better already, aren't you? Thank you. No, one person. Right. He has turned away your enemies. That's what Jesus has done. The King of Israel, the Lord, and this is true for you this morning. This is so true for Tom and Terrell's Christian Fellowship. The Lord is in your midst. He's in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. And on that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, do not fear, O Zion. Many times I need to hear that. Do not let your hands grow weak. How many times do I need to hear that? The Lord your God is in your midst. As a church, and I want to say it to you as individuals, I'm you know, absolutely burning sincerity. He really is in your midst. Because feelings, oh, they're fickle things. But I, I'm talking about what is factually true. The Lord is in your midst. A warrior who gives victory. But now we're building up to the bit that really, really, really sums up what I want to say to you. <laughs> he will, this is God speaking, and this blows all my religiosity and my ideas about God out the window. Um, I don't know how you think of God, or how, how do you think God, what attitude does he bear towards you? And if God was, if Jesus was to come near you, or, or you were to be called into God's living room, would you stand there like the nervous child waiting, wanting to call him sir? You know, would, how would it be? Listen to this. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will rejoice over you. That's a strong words. With gladness. You make God happy. He will rejoice over you. you know, in, in sort of modern parlance, it's high fives all round. It's party, we heard, isn't it? It's the, the father running. To the, to the undeserving son, and putting on a party, not even waiting for the apology. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, you're home. My son was dead, but now he's alive. You know, this is the gospel, isn't it? I say, and it says, then it says, he will quiet you by his love. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to hear, I know. It's all gone. It's all gone. It's all done. It's, I, yeah. I think if only you I could really get it, really get it, and every, retain it for every moment of every day of our lives, we are loved. We are loved sons and daughters. And if we knew how much God loved us, I, I, I think we would probably be very strange people, actually. I think we'd be running around the town, sort of stopping old ladies in the streets, shaking them, saying, do you know God loves me? If we knew how much God loved us, we, we would be in raptures of delight this morning. Truly. Truly. Now, this is the punchline. <laughs> sort of to my, it's like going up a, you know, to an escalator. So this is the bit that blows my top off. He will exalt over you with loud singing. That's outrageous, isn't it? When you see religious paintings, uh, you know, depicting God or, or heaven or things, it, it's not like that, is it? Where, where God is... Twirling, prancing, shouting, rejoicing, exalting. And I can't, if I'm truthful, I can't imagine God singing, can you? I'm having to adjust my thinking. God singing. Now, what would make God sing? Me? You know, you get what I'm trying to squeeze into your, your lovely open hearts this morning, don't you? God is actually, that's how he feels about you. Even when 
you get up on a Monday morning. E- even when you're at your worst, before you've put on your makeup, before you've brushed your teeth, or after you've lost your temper and kicked the cat, do you know he still looks at you as his bride? He's, you know, yeah. Anyone feel anything remotely that that might be true? It's the gospel of God's lavish acceptance, which is so outrageous, it really almost, you think, it's too good to be true, but it's true. It says um, in Luke 15.10, talk of Jesus, Jesus speaking, and is giving his parables, prodigal son and so forth, he says, just so I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, he says, there is joy in the presence of the angels over God, of God over one sinner who repents. Now, I was always brought up to believe that when someone becomes a Christian or a Christian gets, you know, gets back on his feet again or whatever, whatever, that, that the angels are rejoicing. You know, there's great, I'll read it again. There is joy in the presence of the angels of God, oh, do you like the moves, of one sinner who repents. And, oh, you get this picture of all the, the, the angels dancing. That's not what it means. It's, it's happening in the presence of the angels. Who is the one Rejoicing. No, well, you are, but as well. It's, it's the Father. It's the Father. There's a party going on. There's a, a rejoicing. I mean, it, it is mind-blowing, isn't it? That, that, and, it, you know, it's not because you've, you've succeeded at something. It's just because you've come home. Rotten, stinking sinner. Because you've come home. You know. It's no wonder it's called good news, is it? Um, so, having sent something, I, I'm, so I'll bring you down to earth for a bump, if you forgive me, but hopefully then sort of bring you back up to glory again. Having sent something of God's attitude towards us in heaven, it's true now. Um, if, if I could give you a day pass to heaven, I would, but if I went, I'd never come back. And, and uh, many people might think that's a good thing. But yeah. I want to talk to you about, about Job. That's quite a contrast. I've been quite deliberate. I'm thinking of that sheep. Now, Job, who knows the story of Job? Most of you. Job is, in the Old Testament, there's a whole book called Job. Quite easy to remember. He was a massively rich and righteous man. He was a a good egg. And uh, putting it into my sort of language, as you, you know, this, I'm not making it up, it's there in the Bible. God was really chuffed with him. And, and it's a bit of a mysterious bit, but the, the devil, the, uh, comes in, the, the accuser, comes into the presence of God in this story, and God says, have you seen, have you seen Job? You know, the devil's going around the earth looking to stir up trouble, and, and God says to him, have you seen my servant Job? And he just eulogizes about his, his son Job. So proud of him. And the devil sort of says, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if I had all the wealth he had and blah, 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 yeah, I'd probably love you sort of thing. And, you know, let me get hold of him and then find out if he loves you is putting the story in praise And uh, God permits the devil to one by one take the wheels off the cart of Job's life. And he was left bereaved. See, on the one hand, I sort of, I've begun with the, 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 the incredible truth of God's grace, but we live in this broken world. That's where I live at the moment. I'm, I'm, I'm in heaven on earth. I'm not in heaven, heaven. 
yeah? And, and I, the older I, I don't know whether the world's getting worse or I'm getting more sensitive, but this world is so broken. It's like I didn't used to be able to see it, but, but I, I have to dig deeper into God's love and joy than I used to. You look at, you know, almost can't look at the news these days. It's hard, doesn't it? Anyone else feel like that? But Job was, he was bereaved. He lost all his children. Unthinkable. He was bankrupted. And supernaturally, it wasn't just like the shares went down. Fire fell out of heaven on all his flocks, etc. I mean, you'd begin to think someone upstairs had it in for you, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? And not sufficient, he was physically and emotionally broken. Despairing. Terrible thing to despair. You know, if you lose hope, you lost it. He was despairing. So that's the sort of reality factor. Many, many millions of people on this planet are in that place. Ecclesiastes 7.3 says this, Grief is better than laughter, for sadness can improve a person. It's quite a thought, that, isn't it? I say that to a bunch of charismatics, because I, I, I think we're not very good at this. As a, I say that as a charismatic. We, we, we think it's all happy, fantastic. Well, actually... Someone knows. It's not. Disagree with me? Um, Stuart might get up and tell me I'm wrong after this, but no, he's, he's agreeing with me at the moment. Ecclesiastes 7.14. I, like, I do like the book of Ecclesiastes. It's probably because of my temperament, but I do like it. It says, <laughs> it's written, it's, you know, some would say it's a very pessimistic book. You know, I, I would sort of say tongue-in-cheek, a, a, what, a pessimist is an optimist who's had some experience. <laughs> Um, preachers aren't meant to talk like that Ecclesiastes 7.14 when things are going well he says enjoy yourself and I would say that to you this morning it may be 99.9% of you our life is golden and I would say I wouldn't say anything to, to undermine that I'd say enjoy yourself that's what the word of God says but it says here, but when things are going badly, consider that God made the one alongside the other. Now Job, my friend Job, was left, literally, it's told, he was sitting in the ash heap. I mean, God, how the mighty have fallen. And he was, forgive me, forget your Sunday dinner for a minute, he was scraping all his infected sores with bits of broken pottery, getting all the ooze away. Can you imagine that? <laughs> You're trying not to, aren't you? We blokes like to major on these aspects. Um, and his wife, the Bible doesn't tell us what her name was. I'll call her Gladioli. She, she came to him. Just seems like a good name. Are there any Gladiolis before I go any further? No, normally when I choose a name, it's the wrong one. Someone's here. Um, his wife came to him and get a load of she said, She said, curse God and die. That's how, and before you get too judgmental about it, she was suffering this too. Her children had gone. Fire from heaven had fallen on everything they possessed, their servants, their, their flocks. You know, she was stricken. This is an extreme story, and I hope and pray that none of us, especially me, come anywhere near these experiences, but, you know, do understand. But... This is in God's word for a reason. And, and, uh, and then, on top of that, his friends, his friends queued up 
queued up, they did, one after the other, to give him long, flowery speeches, telling him, it's all your fault. It's because of your sin joke. God is judging you. Boy, some of us have experienced that. It's, it's, it's one of those strange phenomenon. Some of you are nodding. Is it one of those strange phenomenon of hurt and pain and, and loss? It seems to bring that out in some some way. And I've, I have found that more painful than the thing that struck me. But I, let me say this: I honestly believe, with all my heart, that God is easier to please than people. I find that quite releasing, actually, because I, I, I came from a sort of, where I came from in my journey of my belief in God and things Christian, I, I used to think God was more like a demon. You know, I'm not saying that to shock you. I used to, I used to, be, I used to think he was a horror, someone so ready to pounce, so unpleasable. You know, this was before I was a Christian. Or that. You know, I, I used to think, how, where can I go to escape the fierce judgment of this fierce God? And uh, by, by his mercies, I sort of begun to learn a little bit more about him. And, and I find he's so much easier to please than people and even other Christians. I don't mean he's got low standards. I mean he is grace to the infinite. His standards are incredibly high. But the fact is, he says, you know, don't worry, David. It's no longer you that live, but Jesus in you. So he looks at me, and he's exulting, and he's singing, and he's dancing, and he's rejoicing. I used to be quite nervous of dying, not, not because, and I don't mean that long ago, really, not because I was afraid of the process. I certainly hope it would be quick and instant and in the sleep. My fear was that God would not be pleased with me, that I hadn't done enough. Because there's a bit of a perfectionist in me somewhere, I think. I never feel I've done enough. I never feel I've prayed enough. I never feel I've given enough. I certainly don't feel I've ever loved enough. Don't, I've not been, you know, the list can go on and on and on. I think, just let me live a bit longer so that to get to that point where perhaps I can think, oh, perhaps now I can cast a few crowns at his feet. And, and uh, I think God's largely delivered me of that because God is just, He's rejoicing over me. We're singing because it's no longer I that live. It's, it's Jesus in me. There's a significant difference because the, the, the honest truth is David King was never going to impress. I honestly believe that he's easier to please than, than you are about yourself. You know, he, the judge of all the earth... Is the same one who died for you. I would, you know, I'd hate to go to court, but if I knew that the judge was prepared to die for me, I'd feel a little bit more relaxed. And when I find that the judge is also, spiritually speaking, my husband, because you, we, together, we are what? We're the bride of Christ. Again, you feel a bit more comfortable about that, yes? And uh, some of you don't get convinced yet. Is Jesus a nagging husband? <laughs> Some of us are. Is Jesus a nagging husband? Is he a remote God, a remote saviour? 
It, it struck me even the other day. You know, my, you know, because sometimes you know what it's like. You know, God, you know, you're praying for intimacy. And all my goodness, come on! I am married to Him. I've been married to Trish for since 1984, however many years that is. We live in the same house and share the same bed. <laughs> Lucky. Um, that you know, we, we share every intimacy. We share everything. I'm married to, 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 I'm one spirit with God. Wave at me if that's you as well. Have I cheered anyone up to 5% this morning? <laughs> I, I'm not going to be able to say everything I've got here this morning, but I, I, you're catching the drift. Just, I would want to say this. God loves our little. Your five loaves, two fish. You, you know, the things I was referring to, you know, I'm... I'm I'm rubbish at telling people about Jesus. You know, there's so many things you try, you try. God loves my little. He loves your little. He, he loves it. Um, when an earthly father sees his little toddler, I was so enjoying those little children over there, made no whoopee noises earlier. I love, I love the happy noises children make. And uh, when, when your child takes its first stumbling steps, we, we applaud that child like it's come up with a theory of relativity. <laughs> Don't we? we when, when, when a child gives its father, I'm, I'm speaking as a man, it applies to you as ladies, but when a child gives you a little crumpled up something they wrote at nursery or preschool or play school or whatever you call it, and they give you that something, you know, I, I see you know, Steve I work for, he's got them pinned on his notice board that his children have done, and they're spelt wrong, the letters are back to front. And that's treasure, isn't it? That about sums up my spiritual input to the kingdom of heaven, but to God, my little is precious to him. I've, I've got one in my pocket, actually. It's a Blue Peter one I did. That this, this, this was, I, I wish he was here so I could embarrass him. My youngest son, I brought all this stuff home from university finally yesterday from Oxford. He's a big hulk, bigger than me and hairier than I am. I've got two chest hairs, one is loose, but he's, he's big, manly. Um. <laughs> Pray for me. I've shampooed my, shampooed my chest in faith for five years and nothing has happened. But this, when he was a little boy... Anyway, I didn't come here to share my problems. <laughs> this, is, this is my little crumpled precious. And you can see it afterwards. It's written a 100-pound check from Dan. Something or other I can't read to Dad. And over here it says, Dear Dad, I love you with all moo, M-U, heart, H-E-R-T. Erary, E-R-U-R-Y, time, I see you, my hurt, H-E-R-T, swells with joy. And the, J's the, and the letter J is the wrong way around. And he says, it makes me think of flowers, sense. <laughs> and he spelt, he spelt sent, S-E-N-T, from Daniel. I've, I've kept that. I've kept it, and I've lost the thing I kept it in. I've kept that. Wait till his wedding, I'll get that out. <laughs> God, God loves our little stuff. Do you get what I'm trying to say? He, he's, 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 he's not this person you see in the religious paintings with a funny glowy bit around the head. He's just something so much more. 
Job was left with a, a million questions that he wanted God to answer. And I'm, I'm going to need to sort of jump to the end here, but I'm quite happy about that. But, you know, if things go wrong for us, is it because God is unhappy with us? If things go wrong for us, is our default reaction somehow God is not happy with me? I tell you what, an awful lot of charismatic Christians do think and work like that. You know, what's gone wrong? I, I, I'm poorly. You know, have I sinned? You know, um, suffering is a defeat. Well, no, suffering is what goes with the kingdom. Suffering is not a defeat. Um, can God be relied upon? And, and I'll be honest, when I have been in the bad times, like, like you, I've, I've lived long enough to have the bad times where all your securities get stretched, squashed, challenged, and you really do start to think, does God answer prayer? Does God love me? Now, these are questions, if we're honest, some of us have found ourselves asking. And you, in your right mind, you think, I can't believe I ever felt like that. But when you're going through the bad times, it's amazing what can go through your little head. Have you noticed how when, when um, the bad times come, it seems like all those, all, all those around you seem to be getting blessed more than they've ever been? That's one of the things I've noticed. You know, when, when you're down and nearly out, you know, when you're against the ropes, it seems like God goes, right, who's, who are all the people you look at? <laughs> right, roll up! I'm going to bless them to insanity. You know, and, and all around you, they're sort of prophesying like nightingales and, and, and they, they don't walk, they hover. They're, they're, you know, their churches go, grow five times in numbers. They're, they're, their hair loss starts to reduce and they start to grow more hair or something. And, and you're, left, you're left sort of feeling, you'd love the, the mature part of me, which at that time is very small sort of things. Yeah, I'm trying to rejoice for you, but actually I'm feeling rubbish because you're just highlighting how hurting I am and my insecurity. Does God love me? Because things aren't going so well for me at this time. Does God love me? Simple answer, oh yes he does. And it could be that he's trusting me like Joe because actually in the bad times can be the good times because I can actually change in the hard times. I read that from Ecclesiastes to you. But it's test your, your um, security. Charismatics, we're not very good at handling suffering and difficulty. We need to get hold of this, that God loves us. He loves us. Summary of the early church here, 11 of the 12 were martyred. The 12 apostles were martyred. The apostle Paul, his life was a running nightmare, if you read Corinthians. As he sought to serve God, it was like a running nightmare. But he's just, he, he just learned to be content in all situations because he never let go of the fact he is a loved son of God, saved by grace and grace alone. He was finally tortured and beheaded. Put that in your, your manual. Because um, <laughs> this is what the kingdom of heaven looks like on a broken earth. You know, there's, there's, we, you know I, I absolutely... You know, we want heaven to come on earth. I absolutely agree with that. But the fact is, when heaven comes on earth, there is a hostile outbreak because this world is fallen and it reacts violently against the kingdom of heaven. So actually, yes, I believe in heaven on earth and that's what we should pray for, that's what we should manifest, that's what we should live. But actually, the kingdom of heaven comes on earth. The sparks fly. 
Did you know that um, <laughs> Paul was shipwrecked three times? Just one example. Not once, that would have been careless, but three was shoving off, wasn't it? Three times. I mean, you get, you get what I'm saying. Did Paul sort of think, I tell you, what would Job's friends have done with Paul? Well, Paul, look, there's something's clearly wrong. You've been shipwrecked again. Well, number one, don't travel by sea. <laughs> yeah? You know, there must be something a bit squiffy with your doctrine. Perhaps you've got a, a, an inherited curse. You know, or perhaps you've got secret sin. Especially the latter. But actually, it's because he was doing things right. So, come, I, I'll come into length because my time has gone. Jesus asked the Father all my questions on the cross when he said, why? He did it for me. Because it wasn't, and I finish with it, it wasn't so much that Jesus died in my place. Don't panic. He became me on the cross. It says he became sin. He didn't die in your place. He became you. And when, when he said why, he was asking your questions expressing your strickenness and lostness. And when he died, you died. The Bible teaches that. When he died, you died. Now that's good news. Why? Because death can't visit the same place twice. So if the devil comes with his list of accusations, sorry, David King, he died 2,000 years ago, mate. No, you can clap that. But not me, Jesus. I'm loved. You're loved. I'm loved. So, we're finished. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you, not with singing. This is the bit I love. It's with loud singing. So, if, if you're grateful to Jesus, nod at him. We'll nod at him. <laughs> Amen. Thank you so much. It's been a blessing to be with you.